Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, everybody. Welcome to Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. And we're your hosts, Matt and Stephanie Garrity. And we're founders of River of Heaven Ministries. And we have a threefold vision to rebuild and restore, equip and empower, and revive and heal. Through these broadcasts, you're going to be touched, rebuilt, and restored, equipped and empowered, and revived and healed. And you're going to be functioning like never before as a kingdom man or a kingdom woman. Amen. Great to be with you today for another episode of Gems for the Journey, Wisdom from the Word of God. The weather's starting to get colder outside, and uh, we're approaching Thanksgiving in the next week or so. And then from there, uh, we move on to the times of, of winter, really. But have you ever been in a situation where it just didn't feel cold and dreary outside. It feels cold and dreary in the things of the spirit. You really feel like you're up against some trials. You really feel like you're up against some situation circumstances. You know, we have many, many scriptures in the Bible that tell us what to do in these difficult times. There's no coincidence that we're looking around these days and we're seeing wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquake and all these different things, uh, things that the Bible calls birth pangs, things that the Bible calls times of sorrows. But the Lord also encourages us with, take heart for he has overcome this world. We talked in the last podcast about Isaiah chapter 60, and there's going to be this great dichotomy that's going to go on. This great dichotomy in Isaiah chapter 60, where we find that the world and the world system uh, is going to continue to get worse and worse. There will be darkness and gross darkness covering the people. But this is the most exciting time for the people of God to be living in, Because the glory of the Lord is arising upon the people of God. Arise and shine, it says in Isaiah 60. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And even kings will come to the brightness of the rising of glory of the Lord upon the people of God. And sons and daughters will come from afar off. And the wealth of the wicked will be turned to the hands of the righteous. And so we see... Again, this dichotomy where the dark keeps getting darker in the world system, in Babylon, if you will, but yet we are called to be those who are rescuing people out of that darkness, out of the world system, out of Babylon, and into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. And so, what are some key principles that we can look at these, what times like what we're facing now? Uh, One of the key areas in Scripture that really lends to an understanding regarding this subject is the book of James. The book of James. James deals with character. Character. There's a lot of people these days that are looking about looking for gifting and looking for, I want to do this, the power of God, and the authority of God. And yes, those things are all valid. Those things are all amazing functionalities. However, if we do not have character, we will not last. And James talks a lot about character, talks about the character of a person, integrity. What are we doing when no one's around? Are we the same person in the public scene than we are in the private scene? 
and vice versa. And one of the key places that starts is the is in the book of James chapter 1, chapter 1 and verse 12 really, where it goes into this understanding that blessed is the man who endures temptation. Blessed, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But here's the key, verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. And so we see in James chapter 1 verses 12 through 14, there's a couple different things going on here. There is pressing going on. There is pressure, temptation. Temptation is a huge word, right? A lot of people think these days that temptation is sin. Temptation is not sin. Everyone is tempted. So it is not a sin to be tempted. It's not even a sin to have desire. The problem becomes when one dwells on a desire that is ungodly, because then you've actually committed that in your heart. You've done it in your heart. Jesus says in the gospels, if you hate someone and you you dwell on that and you you continuously, man, you can't stand that person. The Lord says, if you hate your brother, if if that desire is not uh, is not put away, if that desire is not pushed back, if that desire, if you're not delivered from that desire, then you will sin. You will dwell on that desire and you will literally murder that individual in your heart as if you could do it in the natural realm. And sometimes people actually do commit that act. Why? Because they were tempted. They were drawn away by their, their own desire because maybe somebody did, man, somebody really was, uh, did, did something rotten to me. Some, somebody really, you know, they mistreated me. They spoke against me. They gossiped about me. Have you ever felt that way? That you feel like, man, I deserve to get, I'm going to get even. They're going to get what they deserve. And God says, careful, don't do it. Because it's, it's what we call the process or the progression of sin that leads to death. Again, James chapter 1, verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Okay, God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So God does not tempt anyone. We know who is the one who brings temptation. He's the accuser of the brethren. He is the tempter, okay? He is the deceiver. He's the liar. He is the enemy. Each one is tempted. But what does the enemy use? Each one is tempted, verse 14 says, when he is drawn away by his own desires. So we have an enemy of our soul that watches us, or there are his minions that watch our life, and they are basically taking notes. How can we get to them? They study you. How can we, how can we get in? How, we, how can we mess with this person's life? How can we steal, kill, and destroy from this individual? And they, they study you. And it's kind of wicked to think about it, but you've got demonic entities that are attempting to watch your life uh, from the enemy's kingdom and reporting back in their ranks of demonic authority. You know, the principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And then the, the foot soldiers on the ground are the demonic spirits that in, 
oftentimes embody people if they're working through an individual. And that is found in Ephesians 6. But here, the enemy is trying to do anything he can. The Bible says he, he seeks about like a roaring lion, the counterfeit of the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's trying, he's seeking for a way in that he might be able to devour people. So those temptations, those fiery darts are coming based upon actions that we've done in the past, based upon patterns of behavior. He thinks he knows how to get us, okay? So the temptation comes using what? Our desire. We're drawn away by our desires. He knows what our desires are because he's seen a pattern happen in our life. But if we cut it off there, we're still okay. We're st- we still haven't committed the sin. Again, it's not a sin to be tempted, but when we give in and begin to dwell on that temptation, dwell on that desire that comes as a result of being tempted, if we don't put that away quickly, then we've sinned. When we commit the act in our heart, then we've sinned. But then sin, when it's full grown, actually can bring forth death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. And so we see this pattern here, this pattern that scripture, see, this has to do with your character. When you are tempted, do you realize you have on the full armor of God or do you, or have you put on the full armor of God? Have you understood that you've been saved, that you have the helmet of salvation that protects your thought life? Are you meditating on scripture? Are you, are you praying? Are you seeking the Lord's faith? Do you have the mind of Christ? Are you doing these things daily? You have the helmet of salvation. You have the breastplate of righteousness that protects your feelings and emotions so that we won't have a soulish response when we have pressures from the outside upon us or around us. But no, we'll respond by the Holy Spirit. We'll respond with the fruits of the Spirit and not with our feelings or our emotions. Do we have on the belt of truth? Have we made a decision that I'm going to stand for the truth of the Word of God? I'm going to wear His truth around my waist. I'm going to gird myself up in that truth. Have we made the decision that we've put on the shoes of peace? That no matter what, I'm not going to try to cause strife. My desire, my heart is to be a peacemaker wherever I go. Have we understood that we're called to take up the shield of faith? That the just shall live by faith. That without faith, it's impossible to please God. That now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Do we understand how important it is that the, our faith, that if we're not walking in faith, that if we're not using our faith, that if we're not shielding our body, using our faith, believing what God said, believing his word, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. And so listening to the word, reading the word, if we're not equipped in faith, if we're not standing in faith, we could have a problem. Do we understand that we have to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? And so the shield and the sword work together. They work hand in hand because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we've got this synergy going on even between the shield and the sword. But are we dressed for battle? Are we dressed so when those fiery darts of temptation that are launched by the devil, you know, based upon studying our life, when he shoots them over, are we quenching them with the shield of faith? Okay, are we deflecting them with the sword of the spirit? Or are we allowing them to, to hit us because we don't have our armor on? We're not, we're not serious about, about standing in faith. We're not serious about reckoning ourselves dead to our old man and alive in Christ daily. 
We are in a war, beloved, and we have to understand that we have weapons and our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty in the spirit for the pulling down of strongholds. So we are have offensive weapons to pull down strongholds, but we also have defensive apparatus. Why? Because we've got darts being shot at us. We've got fiery darts of the enemy. We've got the tempter who's trying to tempt us. We've got the father of lies, the accuser of the brethren, who is constantly firing darts. Have you ever felt like you were in an onslaught? Like you were just, there were dart after dart after dart coming against your life. You feel like, man, what is going on here? And you're quoting Isaiah 54, 17, 18. No weapon formed against me shall prosper in Jesus' name. And every word that's launched up against me shall be thrown down. Uh, This is the heritage of those who love the Lord and serve the Lord. Amen. So you start using your your sword and and you start to say, uh, in the name of Jesus, I stand against this and I I stand in faith and I believe that my God shall deliver me. I believe that uh, that my God uh, will deliver me in all situations and circumstances that I'm going through. Or do we respond with, oh man, oh, oh, please make it stop. I don't know what to do. Help, help. I don't know. I don't know. No, there, is a, there must be a strength of stance. Come on. There must be a strength of stance. We are in a battle and we know that the Lord has won the, the war. The Lord has won the victory, but we are the enforcers of that victory. And so when we understand that our warfare is from a place of victory, that the battle has been won already, you know, the enemy doesn't stand a chance. But what does the enemy try to do? He tries to target those who don't know their identity. He tries to target those who aren't dressed for battle. He tries to target those who might be saved, but yet they don't understand their authority in Jesus Christ. Do you know that you have authority in Jesus Christ? But a lot of that authority, that power, and the way that we walk in in those functionalities of the armament of what God's given us is by resisting temptation and yielding to the Holy Spirit. So how? So when we resist temptation, here comes the temptation. I'm not going to do that. It is written, like Jesus said. Here's the word. I'm not going to do that. You cut off that desire before it gives birth to sin, and obviously before it gives birth to death. But in addition to just cutting off that temptation, I don't know about you, but I'm not just going to ward off something uh, coming against me. I'm going to attack back in the spiritual realm. Amen. If you get attacked by the enemy, he's showing his hand. There's something about your life that potentially is threatening him. There's something you're doing right now that's potentially advancing the kingdom of God that's threatening his kingdom, that he's losing all kind of battles all around uh, his territory that you're enforcing the victory that was won at the cross, amen? And he doesn't know what to do. So what's he do? He tries to attack. But don't you dare be, be back on your heels. If you, if you get that those fiery darts at you, what is our response? We resist temptation, okay? Uh, we cut off that desire. We renounce anything that's tried to come in or that, that might have tried to sneak through whatever the fortification outside was, that that arrow got in somehow. And what do we do? Then we get on the offense, okay? We deflect that dart. No weapon formed against me shall prosper in Jesus' name out of Isaiah fifty four seventeen. Amen. 
Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord camps round about those who fear him and he protects and rescues and delivers all. Amen. But then we start to speak the word out of Isaiah 55. The word of God goes forth and it always accomplishes what it sets out to do. It never returns void. And I'm paraphrasing, but it says as the rain comes and, and, and brings uh, nourishment and comes down and refreshes and causes the plants to spring up, so the word of God does what it sets out to do. As sure as we know when the rain comes and, and provides moisture and provides saturation to the soil, the plants can grow in a healthy way. Amen. The word of God is sure. The Bible says, as sure as the sun comes up, we know that the Lord is working on our behalf. Malachi says that the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. These are all sure things. These are all offensive weaponry that can be used against the enemy. Why? Because you're standing in faith. Why? Because you're using the word of God and Jesus is our example in that. He didn't say, hey, I'm God. I got you. You You can't do anything to me. That's not what he did. Jesus himself responded with, it is written. It is written. This is what the word is. This is what the absolute truth is. And Satan, his minions, principalities, powers, rulers, spiritual hosts of wickedness, wickedness, all those things, they cannot do anything when you know how to wield the word. Hallelujah. And so be encouraged today. You're wielding the word of God. Hebrews 4 talks about, chapter 4 talks about that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living. It's active. It's alive. Use the word of God. Don't be found without your armor. Don't be found without your sword. Don't be found without your shield of faith. Hallelujah. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's another scripture in the word. Amen. Also get on the offensive and use the word of God. Years and years ago, there are stories of medieval times of great knights slaying dragons and those knights had to lift their sword. They had to throw the spear. They had to lift their shield. Amen? And somehow we think that God's just going to do everything for us. There's a lot of vernacular in the Christian faith these days that say, oh, well, it's God's going to do it. God's sovereign. He'll do everything. That's true. He is sovereign. But in his divine wisdom, he factored man into the equation. He did. God didn't build the ark for Noah. He didn't build the tabernacle for, for Moses. He didn't do any of those things. He factored man in. He factored us in. The Bible says in Psalm 115 verse 16 that the heavens and the highest heavens, Lord says, I'll take care of those, but to the earth he's given to who? The sons of men. Starting with the garden, he called man and woman to be stewards and governors over his creation. And even though man fell and in the beginning sin separated us from Almighty God, there was a last Adam. Thanks be to Jesus. Jesus is the last Adam. And I've said this before, but he didn't come just to bring salvation. He didn't come just to give you healing, freedom, and deliverance. But he came to restore the relationship with God. He came to restore the fallen position that man fell out of in the garden. To restore your crown. Psalm 8, 4, and 5 talks about that we've been crowned with glory and honor. You're crowned with glory and honor. You're, you're called to be a steward and a governor. You've got keys of authority. 
Matthew 16 says that the Lord's given us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose shall be loosed. So don't wait for God to do something. Yes, we pray. Yes, we declare. Yes, we decree. And sometimes we're praying to God. And you know what I believe he's saying? I've equipped you. I've anointed you. I've given you keys. I've given you authority and power. You do something about it. You enforce my victory. I've won the victory, but now you enforce my victory on the earth that I've put you steward over. I put you steward over. We know there's a God of this world, Satan, and he seeks to bring darkness and gross darkness. And that that is his kingdom for the time being, the kingdom of this world. But we have keys to bind and loose. We have authority. We have power to drive out demonic spirits. Amen. We have power. We have the ministry of reconciliation to help to bring those out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. And so, beloved, be encouraged today. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Temptations are sure to come, but the Lord is victorious, amen, over your life as you what? As you resist temptation, as you cut off those arrows, you quench them with the shield of faith, you deflect them with the sword of the spirit, and ultimately you cut that desire, that temptation off, and it does not become sin in your life, it does not ensnare you, and you walk in freedom, and as you're free, you can help to set others free. Amen? Free people, free people. And so, Father, I thank you for everyone listening today. Lord, I pray that there was such strategy received today, Lord, that everyone who listened, oh God, and heard what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, that they received strategy to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, how to cut off desire before it becomes sin. And not just that, but how to get on the offensive, how to be in our armor, how to wield our sword, and do what you've called us to do. If this blessed you, I want to encourage you to write to us or send us an email. If you've got a prayer request, you can visit us at www.riveroftheaven.org. We'd love to hear from you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious unto you. May He lift up His countenance upon you. And may He give you His peace, His shalom. Until next time, goodbye. If you'd like to connect with us, You can go to our website at www.riverofheaven.org. River of Heaven Ministries is advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven through various means. In James 1.27, Scripture teaches us to care for the widows and the orphans. We take this seriously and are actively involved in supporting widows and others in need on a monthly basis. Together, we can do more. Additionally, Our radio broadcasts and podcasts reach all nations, touching lives worldwide. Daily, new listeners hear the gospel, and through these broadcasts and podcasts, millions have an opportunity to repent, believe, and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Listeners also learn about powerful Tabernacle of David principles through our teaching, encouraging all to worship the Father in spirit and in truth with great passion and purity. Your financial gift of any amount will help us to continue to support those in need and allow us to launch high-quality recorded radio broadcasts, podcasts, and teaching that are available for free to anyone who has internet access. With your prayers and financial support, we will continue to reach millions in our generation 
and multiplied millions in generations to come. Thank you for partnering with us.